Hello, everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of Volley. I'm Carolyn April. And again, as always, looking for my good friend, Seth Robinson. Seth? I'm here, back from vacation, back yeah. in the saddle, ready to go. Same with you. It's, it's definitely summer. We've been vacationing and it's sweltering heat, so... Yeah, I'm sitting here in a, in my New Hampshire office, um, just trying to stay as still as possible because the humidity is so high today. Um, but uh, can't complain. Had a nice week last week in Maine at the beach, which was lovely. Um, and I know you had a nice vacation as well. So uh, it was hard to come back to work, but here we are. We made it through the week after the vacation, which is always the tough one, right? Yeah, it was easy for me. To, I mean, I love coming back. Um, so I, speak for yourself, I guess. Okay. <laughs> so gearing up for some tennis later. That's uh, looking forward to the men's Wimbledon stuff later on today. So that'll be the rest of my uh, afternoon, I hope. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be uh, interesting to see who wins that big match. I, I, I was looking right before we got started. It looked like uh, Djokovic was, had, was in the second set of his and uh, that one might go a little bit longer uh, than I was thinking it was. It looked like he was just going to steamroll, but maybe uh, the other guy picked it up a little bit. So, Yeah, I don't have it on yet, but I'm definitely going to watch the uh, Federer-Nadal match later. So okay. exciting. So we have another guest this week, don't we? We've been get, having a lot of guests lately. Yeah, last last episode we had, we were talking about our upcoming event, ChannelCon, and uh, we've been trying for a couple weeks to get uh, John Tippett from Datto because they just had a big event, and we had some CompTIA people there, but we didn't get a chance to go, and so we were really anxious to hear about it. So uh, John graciously invited our invitation, and uh, John is the VP of Product at Datto Networking, and uh, John, you're going to tell us all about the wonderful things that happen there, right? Absolutely. Glad to be here. Thanks. Well, welcome. Good to have you. You're a good friend of CompTIA's and have been for some time now. I love CompTIA. I'm, I'm jealous I didn't get to talk about ChannelCon. Maybe I'll, uh, I'll, I'll sneak in a little comment there. I'm excited <laughs> for that coming up as well. I look forward to being there and seeing you guys and seeing everyone at that event too. Yeah, it's, uh, it'll, it'll be fun. It'll be good to reconnect in person too. I feel like I would be you know, remiss in mentioning since we mentioned that you know, John is a good friend of ChannelCon. John was actually, I believe this is correct, John, you were our first member of the year when we, when we started recognizing those members that had really contributed to CompTIA over the, the past year, right? That is correct. And uh, what an honor. I've, I've been involved with CompTIA for a long time and I just love the organization. I, I love the connections that I've made and, and I've learned so much that then compelled me to get involved and it's just been a, uh, an integral part of my, uh, my technical career and, and receiving that honor when uh, the program started was just humbling and amazing and just uh, more, more fun things that uh, you know, have come to me from, from CompTIA. So uh, it's an organization near and dear to my heart. Yeah, I remember that. I think that was uh, that when you got the award. Was that, were we in Florida? Yeah, it was at the, uh, the AMM event that we, oh. we started. It's it shifted now. But yeah, the very first one was, it, it was a lot of fun and uh, it was just great. It was a great honor and unexpected. Well, we've been privileged to have you be a part of CompTIA for so long and, and we're fans of Datto too. Uh, I know I've spoken at a Datto event. Carolyn, I think you have. We've had our communities meeting at Datto events. Uh, and like I said, we had a few people at your most recent event, uh, even if it wasn't me and Carolyn. You want to give us a, a quick you know, recap of that, let people know what DattoCon was all about this year? 
Yeah. And you know, as I said that, I just realized talking about being involved with CompTIA for so long, I, I, I referred to AMM. Um, so okay. <laughs> you guys let me get away with that. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah. AMM way back then. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, the community uh, forums that happen now every year, um, it's, it's that event for those listening that still takes place. So uh, you haven't missed anything, but uh, that's the other event that was uh, traditionally held in Chicago. Anyways, yeah, you know, DattoCon was fantastic. Not not saying that specifically to the fact that it was a Datto event, but the fact that we had so many MSPs all in a room, all at the same time, you could really feel the energy. Uh, and I think what strikes me the most is that it is just it is a great time to be an MSP, and you know, business is growing. It's not only a lot of opportunity from small businesses creating demand for MSPs, but there's a lot of new things happening in technology, new standards around the corner, technology refreshes coming, and even outside investment coming into the channel. It's just, it's a really exciting time to be a part of it. And you could feel that at, uh, at DattoCon. It was really a, a unique opportunity to be kind of right in the, the center of, of the buzz. You mentioned investment, and, and uh, I think that's a very new thing to the MSP space, just to the channel in general. Um, can you talk a little bit about what you're seeing there and what you expect is going to be some of the opportunity uh, around maybe some newer MSPs who are just coming into the market or existing MSPs who want to grow their business or merge with somebody else? Yeah, you know, we've, we've seen it at a smaller scale in the last few years, kind of ramping up on both sides. We've seen MSPs consolidate, not so much investment on the actual MSP side, but more of consolidation and acquisition and mergers of uh, either regional businesses or larger MSPs executing a growth strategy by acquiring smaller MSPs. And that, that sort of began this wheel turning, I would say, of the fact that there's just validation that this was a, a, uh, a, a productive and profitable business model for everyone that's involved. The businesses that work with MSPs benefit and profit from the relationship. MSPs run a a, a good solid business with predictable revenue uh, and and it's a business that has value there's there's multiples that can be applied to these uh, businesses on the MSP side and in parallel to that they were they were also investments they were typically smaller less headline grabbing investments in the vendors that support MSPs and then over the last couple of years it, you just see like real meaningful in, investment you know now in the billions of dollars flowing into uh, into our industry, and it's uh, it's amazing uh, to to see it happening, and, and it's creating this this cycle that you you have the MSPs that are being productive, so vendors are are profiting from from the partnership. Everyone's working together. Now you have outside investment. That investment speeds up innovation and speeds up the capabilities that these businesses can provide. You see some consolidation of technology that then brings synergy and and better interaction between what used to be disconnected solution stacks. And, and the, the circle completes with, because of the energy and the buzz and the investment and the reception to that, you're now also seeing an acceleration of smaller startup solutions. Some that were MSPs that are moving into the vendor space and are providing solutions. Others that are outside of the managed services space uh, that are, are becoming aware of it because of the, the, the news that's reaching headlines outside of our industry and drawing attention into the industry. So we're, we're at the beginning, uh, uh, you know, in my opinion, of just a new 
cycle and wave of, of innovation and business development around the managed services model. Yeah, I think that's interesting because that what we've seen in our research um, around managed services is over the, you know, the last five years or so, it seemed to be a little bit of a plateau in the number of companies that were making the leap from being a traditional reseller type or solution provider and adding a managed services practice or completely reinventing their business and to be an MSP. And some of our data kept showing it, it, the number stuck at four in 10 uh, companies that identified themselves as channel firms uh, were doing some form of managed services. And now it's what you're, what I'm hearing from you now, it sounds like we've now kicked it out off the plateau and we're starting to hear, you know, go in a different direction, a, a new trajectory uh, with some of this investment that you're talking about. But I'm curious when you're talking about MSPs, are you talking about companies that are pure play? That is what they do. That is how they identify or as what we see is a lot of hybrid businesses out there who are doing all kinds of reseller type activity, but they have a portion of their business that might be dabbling in them in the managed services side of things. Yeah, I think the hybrid approach, you know, to me, the pure play or not is almost a subset of, of managed services mm -hmm. that scale. You know, we, we had this debate, I remember talking back to early days um, when we were, had the managed IT services community and we were debating like what is managed services and what is this going to be? Uh, it, it, the idea kind of began as managed IT services where, you know, outsourcing the IT department um, and, and, you know, the old concept of the trusted advisor was the buzzword at the time. And I think what's interesting is that because of all the different solutions that have, that have come to market since that time and cloud solutions, SaaS applications, there's an entire range of options to engage in managed services that, that is around a pure play, you know, IT consultant type model or even point solutions of specific applications or specific mm -hmm. solutions. Uh, you know, it, we at Datto even have some partners that sell disaster recovery and business continuity services and that's their business um and it, it's just it's amazing that you can you can do that and you're seeing more and more opportunities like that where you, you can be pure play you can be a, a single solution stack or certain uh, vertical but also hybrid and, and i think i think when i refer to it it's it's that hybrid that means you're engaged in some capacity where you you have the the benefit of the customer at at heart versus the more traditional outside our industry managed services yeah. simply means engaged on a recurring basis. You know, the thing that's striking me as we're talking here is like Carolyn pointed out, you know, we're kind of using MSP here as, as the term. And, and in, in some ways, like you said, John, that's kind of covering maybe a few different, you know, business models, but it seems like there's this family of business models that includes managed service in some way uh, and there, there's probably lots of, of ways that that's manifesting out in the market. But I'm thinking back, you know, over the past five, seven, 10 years where back then we were saying MSP is where it's going to be. This is the way of the future. Uh, and then I think we had a little backlash to that. And I think we even realized, well, maybe we don't have to have, you know, come so hard with a message that everyone has to go into MSP because there's a lot of seats at the table and someone could just be a reseller. Someone could have, you know, some kind of, uh, you know, virtual CIO business or whatever it might be that works perfectly well for them. But, but now it seems like we're heading into this space, John, where you're explaining where the investment is coming in, that investment is coming into, again, this family of, of business models that might fall under an MSP umbrella. And again, there's still a lot of different things out there that are viable but when we're talking about 
growth or emerging into something new or receiving some of this investment or being the target for an acquisition, then all of that is really beginning to concentrate in the MSP space. Yeah, I, I, I fully agree. And I think it's also uh, in, in line with your observation there, it's, it's turned from a, a push concept to a pull concept. And what I mean by that is, is to follow your same timeline, it was an idea early on where we were telling and consulting t- towards tech businesses saying, you should go here. And we were trying to explain, I say we, because I was a managed services provider myself, and, and I just always think in that lens. Uh, but but we were explaining it to customers like this is what this is and this is why you need it. This is why you should engage on a recurring basis. And we are now on the other side of that where businesses understand that they can outsource their IT. Uh, it's We're not certainly mature at, by any means, but there's a reality now where businesses understand that model and understand that concept and are, are asking for it and are looking for it. They, they want to understand how can I consume whatever service I'm looking for um, as a service and, and have it be managed for me. And it's, that, that's kind of what makes it exciting. And it's this cycle of awareness that you see the investment and then businesses ask about the technology and, you know, off we go. And it's being led by big providers as well, where this, this concept now, you know, of Office 365 is not what version of Office do you have. It's just, it's gone. That, that concept doesn't exist anymore. You, you subscribe and you use the product. And, and it's just really neat how that's aligned with the concept of overall managed services. Well, along those same lines, and, and this is to throw a little bit of a wrinkle in here, but if you were starting up a small company today and, um, and then figuring out, you know, the, the various technology services that you needed, why wouldn't you, as a small business owner, simply turn to the large providers, the Googles, the Amazons, et cetera, who are all, pro- and the Microsofts, and, and, and directly procure those types of services and pay your recurring fee to those companies. Why do you need a, a middle person? Why do you need that MSP in the middle? Well, it's, it's confusing if you don't live and breathe technology. If, if, you, if you took your scenario and said, you are purely trying to solve the problem of how can I communicate via email? then absolutely, you would go online and search, assuming you're a business, you're not aware, and you'd find that you can get hosted email and you'd subscribe to it. The reality of it is, if you take any business, you find that, okay, you need to communicate, so let me figure out how to do that and I might buy Office 365. Now, well, let me take communication a little bit further, I need to talk on the phone. Well, I can't buy phone service. Oh, I can use Skype, but wait, that's complicated. How do I use that? Okay, let me find a hosted VoIP solution and buy that direct. Okay, great. Now I'm a law firm or a flower shop or, you know, a medical practice. I need a line of business application to keep track of that. Maybe that can be a SaaS application as well, but here you go again. And now you need this product that you bought from Microsoft to integrate with this product that you bought. That's your line of business application. Not to mention you need to interact with these, buy computers, laptops, get them connected. So what happens is it creates this, awareness of the applications and they're certainly accessible, which means the businesses are listening to the marketing and they're listening to the, the end state they could achieve, but the path from a business to actually having all of these applications work together, be secure, and then managing employees and getting them set up and how you deal with turnover just creates a clear opportunity for a managed services model to come in and say, let me just manage this for you. 
and, and that's the difference between in this starting up a business and a, and a project base, you know, time and materials versus managed services that businesses still wouldn't know what to do if you just snapped a finger and at point in time connected them together. We all know technology moves and changes and at some point in time you've drifted. And so on an ongoing managed services model, you avoid that. And uh, I think that's just, that's why it's so exciting. It's, it's not a threat that there's these point solutions in the cloud. They've just moved and they still need a, an expert in the middle to make them all work together and help navigate this landscape so that businesses find the proper solution that meets their needs. We've been talking a lot about the exciting parts of this and the, the growth that's happening and, and all the activity that's really good for a lot of the, the companies in this space. But I think there's a flip side that's worth talking about. We're seeing more and more about MSPs becoming more of a prime target for cyber attacks because they are a lead in to many different companies that are their clients. Uh, and, and now that we're talking about investment flowing into this space uh, and there, there being more focus, that will probably only accelerate the attraction for cyber criminals. Um, so are you seeing some of that as well, John, among you know, your partners? And, and are there some, some things that people are starting to do to be a little bit more aware of that or, or take some precautions? Yeah, it's a normal trend in the IT space. I would, I would parallel it back to the day where uh, you know, there was, this might be controversial, but that's the point of a, of a good podcast, right? If you go back in the day of the, the days of viruses, the, there was this notion that, you know, Apple devices don't get viruses. Um, and, you know, the, the reality of it is there's certainly a secure platform and, um, you know, it's, it certainly had ways to protect itself. But the reality of it is if you're going to write a virus that is going to have widespread impact, uh, you weren't going to spend your time 10 years ago writing it to, to broadly impact Macs because you weren't going to have any impact. Like, it, 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 the, the world was Windows. Um, and that has changed. And now all of a sudden, that's not quite as loud. You still see all these software products and software applications that have to also run on a Mac. And you put antivirus in and endpoint management on Macs. I, th I think the MSP is sort of in the same uh, same boat where, you know, it's not that it, it wouldn't have been an individually appealing target a long time ago. It's just that the scale wasn't there. Uh, and if you're spending your time trying to exploit a software run by an MSP, if you were successful, the, the level of attention you'd get and the, and the breadth of impact that you bring was limited. And so just like any technology that becomes pervasive and grand, you know, the, the attacks we see at this scale are, aren't typically targeted at an individual MSP. They're targeted at blanket vulnerabilities that theoretically impact MSPs. They go after the tools that MSPs use or they, they try to exploit practices that MSPs deploy. Uh, and, and that is absolutely going to be, you know, more of a concern and more of a target because, you know, the, the folks in the world that have bad intentions will pay attention to places that they can have a bigger impact. So, I think it's that type of, of trend and that will continue. Uh, IOT devices is the same thing. It's now, you know, a good target for these folks to, uh, to, to go after those types of devices because they're just pervasive. They're everywhere. Um, so it's a, it's a new threat and a new challenge to your point. Um, and it's something that we're, we're all in the industry going to have to be conscious of and be very particular and careful about how we manage these applications and what types of protections we have in place. Uh, to prevent these types of things. 
Now, is that something that Data Open is working with its partners on? I mean, are there some standards that you're working on or specific tools that universally can be rolled out to the MSP community that can help them thwart this sort of... Um, yeah, you know, absolutely. And to your point, a lot of the, like I mentioned, the, the, the attention is on the solutions and the services that the MSPs use, not the actual, like, I'm going to, you know, I'm a hacker and I'm going to target, you know, MSPX in downtown Houston. Um, it's at the tools. And so vendors uh, like Datto are incentivized to protect our partners. We not only don't want our partners to, to have a bad experience, but we don't want to be associated with those experiences. Um, and, and so you're, you're motivated to say like, we don't want our product to be impacted, nor do we want your individual business to be impacted. And so there's, there's, uh, you know, things that you're seeing that range from education to actually doing what's right for the partner. Um, and in a couple of, uh, specific things, you know, uh, enforcing credentials, two-factor authentication, uh, for devices, increasing alerts and notifications, uh, you know, all things we've done in, uh, at Datto to sort of harden the product from a security and awareness standpoint. And we're conscious of, uh, you know, a, a deviation in behavior to alert an MSP that something might be different. We, we actually even inside Datto monitor the, the dark web ourselves as well and look for any kind of trends that may potentially impact our partner base. And there's a lot of things like that we do behind the scenes to protect our partner base and therefore uh, enable them to, to uh, protect their, their customers. But you're seeing that wide, widespread is that mindset of what can we do to continue to help move MSPs forward and, and protecting them from something going wrong is as important as opening up new opportunities. Um, so it's, it's certainly going to be a fuel of innovation uh, for, for, for the industry overall as well. Well, we're diving into the technology a little bit here, and uh, as as we wrap up, I I was hoping to dive into it a little bit more, uh, and and maybe John get you to share what you think is is maybe one really fantastic technology opportunity that you see. We've we've got all of these emerging technologies. We've got you know security that needs to wrap out around everything. You're the VP of product within the networking group, which is certainly not an emerging technology, but continues to be critical. So, so I guess thinking about everything, you know, with the things that have the hype and the things that, you know, are, are kind of the old standbys, but, but still provide a lot of opportunity. What, what do you think is the, the one that you see people starting to rally around or, or that might be providing some good opportunity for people out there? Yeah, I think you're, I think you're right. When you look at it at a broad scale, you hear the, the normal comments around security and, and how that gets implemented and wrapped in. And it's a balance of uh, providing actionable data that the MSP can actually consume and do something with. So I'll, I'll take a slightly different approach to answering that. And, and, you know, being focused on networking, I'll share what I see in that space as an exciting, uh, trend that's coming is is that all of these devices, uh, the, the number of devices is increasing, the applications are moving from on-premises to the cloud, multiple locations. The common ground with all of these things is network connectivity. That you, We cannot interact anymore without a reliable network connection. Everything we do goes through the internet um, and, and from the LAN to the WAN. And you're, you're seeing the industry aligned to that as well. Uh, you have Wi-Fi 6 coming right around the corner. That's an entirely new generation of, of wireless standard 
which is exciting and uh, will we'll usher in a refresh. Uh, but that technology is also accounting for uh, like IoT devices and has new specifications built into the standard that extend battery life and make communication of smaller decentralized IoT type devices possible over Wi-Fi. Uh, and, and the throughput is increased to such a capacity that it's going to challenge the switch capacity and the throughput of switches, which is going to cause a refresh there. We've been on uh, standard speed uh, switches for, for years and years, and that refresh is imminent. Uh, and not to be outdone you know, by the private network, you see the carriers match as well with 5G and saying, well, we need to help these devices when they're mobile, and then the individual devices connect together. So categorically, I think an exciting change that's coming that, that uh, doesn't yet get a lot of attention is those collective technologies around connectivity uh, and Wi-Fi 6 switching and then 5G from the carriers that that's going to it's going to create opportunity for MSPs because there's there's a, there's a hardware refresh coming to support these things. You know that they're they're physically different uh, devices, but it's also going to create opportunity in the marketplace because businesses will hear about these things, learn about these things, and it'll create demand. They're going to want to understand what does this mean for my business, what do I do? And so the the most important thing for an MSP now is to stay educated on those things, stay aware, and continue to present themselves to their their current businesses and prospects as a source of truth and a source of information around what do these things mean and how do I use them but they're uh, they're right around the corner and we'll just continue this acceleration of what we can do with technology and how fast and what the capabilities are it's a real exciting time to watch that you know, everything you just said, John, maps directly to one of the trends that Seth has uh, in our annual IT industry outlook for this year. And Seth, you know what I'm talking about, but the whole idea of, of um, the platform being around cloud edge computing and then 5G or whatever it happens to be, but throughput and, and, and speed and connectivity around the network. So that's, it, that's it's a nice validation there. Yeah, I'll, I'll admit I may have led the witness a little bit there with a the question because I, I, was, I was curious to see John, if you would dive down the networking path. And I, I, I think that you bring up some really good points. And I, I think that when we talk about some of these things, we're, we're almost bypassing talking about networking. I think because just to talk about networking um, doesn't quite seem as, as new and fresh as talking about like AI or, or IoT or maybe even 5G. But at the, at the bottom of it all, the network has to work together. And, and you mentioned 5G a couple times. We, we gravitate towards that. And I, I think there's actually a little bit of some red herring quality within 5G where it's maybe not going to be everything that people might imagine that it would be. But to the extent that it is something, the, the real application is the, the networking. And, and what are you doing with this? What are you doing to enable you know, that throughput and, and the bandwidth and the robustness and the quality of service? Um, if you're able to, to utilize that network. And, and so I think that's something that is kind of worthwhile bringing a little bit more focus to as, as we do research or as we have our event coming up or um, other discussions that we're having. Yeah, I completely agree. They, they, they're enabling technologies, right? And that's, right. that's what differentiates them from some of the other hype is that the, the change in network connectivity itself uh, doesn't actually mean anything. And I say that um, to, to say that in and of itself, to go faster or be more efficient for the sake of doing that 
uh, isn't what's exciting. What's exciting is the, it, it's a catalyst to all the things around it. And so exactly like you said, the reason it doesn't get a lot of hype that way in the market is uh, just because it's not as concise of a story is, you know, th this network technology is changing and therefore this one thing is going to happen. It's, it's actually like you just described that it, it's going to enable so many things to happen and create so many opportunities. But in the lens of, you know, IT solution providers and MSPs, it's a great opportunity because it's the center of everything we do. It, it is the way we transmit data in and out of the network, control what's happening, see what's going on is the network. And the fact that this refresh is on the horizon is just going to be a great opportunity to, to extend capabilities, but also get back into some of these networks that may have been left stagnant for a while. And, and you, you have a meaningful hardware refresh coming that, uh, that will enable those businesses to kind of move forward overall, not just with the network, but with all the, the solutions that are attached to the network. That's fantastic. Well, John, your insights are always welcome and valuable, and uh, we're really glad to have you on the on the program here today. So I hope you will come back. I know we're going to see you hopefully at ChannelCon in a couple of weeks. Absolutely. Can't wait. Uh, yeah, it'll be fun. Uh, nice and hot in the desert, right? <laughs> well, you can't ever turn down an opportunity to go to any of the uh, you know, CompTIA events and then uh, having the CompTIA event out at Las Vegas. I, I remember being there years and years ago, and so it'll be fun to, uh, to be back at it channel con event there um and it's just it's a great opportunity to meet peers and see the research that you mentioned i'll, I'll kind of turn the tables a little bit but that's also you know uh, critical to me i always look forward to reading the state of the industry and the trends and the stuff that you guys produce so anybody that's heard that on the podcast that uh wants to learn more about it there's a lot of detail around all this available on the on the website and it's meaningful to me so i'll i'll share that as a uh, an, an unasked for commercial but it's, it's great content and you can get we'll it. take the plug we'll take the plug john. you can get it first hand at channel con <laughs> great well yeah thanks again john for joining us uh, it was really great to have you and uh i will see both of you in a couple weeks i guess sounds good looking forward to it all right cheers bye-bye